Looking to find out more about sport teams and how they promote their teams with hashtag campaigns? Then Media Hut is the podcast for you, as Christian Castro brings you a weekly guest speaker to find out how they came across their favorite sports teams through hashtag campaigns. And now, here's your host, Christian Castro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the eighth episode of Media Hut. I'm your host, Christian Castro, and today's guest speaker will feature junior double major in sports communication and history, Chad Hall. Topics will include hashtag campaigns from the Major League Baseball team, Atlanta Braves, and Chad on how he stays connected to his favorite team on social media. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. To lift us up, to stand on the shoulders of giants, Bill Negro's no-hit game. Who have gone before us. It's 7-15. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. And to remind us that we're stronger together than apart. And we need this game to awaken the senses. To make us all feel like kids again. And to fill us with hope like the sun rising on a new day and new life springing up around us. Hope is returning. Hope in each other. Hope in the bond we share. I've introduced my daughters to baseball since the since they were born. Hope for our future. So together, this hope propels us forward to rally when we're down. To be bold and courageous. So free, perfect through four and great move. To continue the fight. To give it everything we've got. And we know that what lies ahead is worth it. Because our past has prepared us for it. And the joy waiting for us. Fall outweighs the pain to get there. He's been the leader all year. He's been the MVP for the Braves. This year is about something bigger. For hope. For unity. For everyone. For the A. Welcome back, everyone, to Media Hut. I'm your host, Christian Castro. This is episode eight. In the studio joining me today is Chad Hall. How you doing, Chad? I'm doing well, man. It's good to have you here. I heard you're a big, big Atlanta Braves fan. And I'm just going to ask you straight off the bat the question, how did you become an Atlanta Braves fan? So my dad, who was born in 1961, he's been following the Braves ever since they came to Atlanta. He was there for the old Fulton County Stadium, and then he made the move to Truist, or excuse me, he made the move to Turnerfield, and then he made the move to Truist. I've been going to games with my dad since I was, oh man, before the beginning of time, 2000, 2001. I've been to, oh gosh, I'd say almost 300 Braves games in my lifetime. My family has had season tickets my entire life, uh, even when they made the switch from the Ted to truest i've been i've been watching braves my entire life wow so you know everything you basically bleed the atlanta braves when it comes to knowledge about them and the struggles and the upcoming you know now we're looked at as kind of a dynasty that's moving up and on 
uh, through the Braves organization. But do you actually know a little hashtags before we dive into the ones that we have for the show that you want to share? Uh, I know last year was for the A. Then when was it? Oh, gosh. I think the COVID year. Yeah, I think that was somewhat the same. There was one that I had off the top of my head that I really can't remember. Oh, it was Battle ATL. That yes, was that was that's a good that was one. a big one uh, last year, I think, too. So you those are two me. off the top of my head. Well, the ones we're covering here span from the range of 2018 up until now, 2022. And actually, for the A is uh, one that you know was introduced into 2021 and carried over to now to 2022. But the other one that started it all was for each other, and that was the 2018 campaign that kind of had the they had the the energy in the clubhouse saying for each other when we go out there when we go out there on the field and try to compete we're doing everything for each other and we're trying to make a run fortunately Braves did not make a run uh they were limited in the first round I believe it was to the Cardinals in that in 2018 in 2018 no 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 in 2018 actually it was the Dodgers in right. 20, 2017 I'm thinking about the Cardinals 2019 was the Cardinals. oh yeah 2019 was the Cardinals. yeah because that was the year that I'm going to say now that is the hashtag relentless. Right. I remember that was actually the last time. And now I'm remembering now perfectly because that's the last time they actually handed out tomahawks in the postseason. They don't right. do that anymore because uh, there was a Cardinals um, player who was offended from the tomahawk chop. He's a uh, back to his Cherokee Indian roots, so he was offended. So the Braves respectfully played respect to that player, and they have not handed out tomahawks ever since that and yeah i love the hashtag relentless i've i've i still have that tomahawk that has the hashtag relentless on it because that's the last tomahawk that you were able to get uh through the postseason and i kind of carried that into that run that we had in 2020 as well as 2021 it was just something that you know you kind of had to like be secretive about doing the tomahawk talk i remember even visiting the park in 2020 when when, you were, when, when they were doing watch parties because you know they weren't playing in the park in um, in their home park for the postseason, they had to travel to uh, like some Minute Maid uh, field in uh, Houston right. and San Diego and stuff like that. So I remember just seeing a lot of Braves fans like nervously doing the Chamahawk chop, but I was like, man, this has been a tradition for the longest time ever since Deion Sanders brought it over from his uh, FSU days. Right. What What is your standpoint on the Tomahawk Chalk? Do you think it's offensive to the culture, or do you think it's just been part of Braves culture, so it's not really offensive? Well, it's see, I think of it as it's a staple of Braves games. You ever been to a Braves game? Ever since it, it was huge in the nineties. Oh yeah. I mean, you have Chief Nakahoma, and all that that whole movement i mean my dad still has memorabilia from the 90s that include chief nakahoma on it the braves do pay a lot of tribute to native american tribes that have existed in georgia right. like they do a wonderful job at including the community and those said communities really well and Everyone that they've spoken to, I've read articles and so-and-so, especially before last postseason because we saw the emergence of a lot of MLB writers talking about it because they knew that the World Series, which is a massive, massive sporting event, was going to be on live television and include that on the camera. So they talked about it before then. They even talked about it in, oh, man, all all the time. So it's, I mean, it's interesting to see 
But then again, it's a staple. I mean, I don't think it'll ever go away. But if you if you've been to as many Braves games as I have, right, they've changed how it sounds. So when yes. they play it over the PA, the PA speakers, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you hear it's different because you don't hear the marching band anymore. Yes, that's very true. All, all you hear is the beat. Because I remember used to be able to hear the whistle. Right. And like the faint, well, I don't know what you would call it. The faint chant also was on that like recording of that playback. Now it's more the fans that do the chant. Exactly. I don't know if for sure, because it's been a while since I've been back. Uh, I haven't been since 2021 to the stadium. But they used to have a guy that would be right next to the big screen and play drums to the beat of the Tomahawk Chop. Uh, I'm not sure if they still do that. I'm not 100% sure. But, I haven't really paid attention to that since they were at um, Turner Field. Yeah. Because I remember it was in um, right center. Yeah. Right over by, I mean, by by the big screen, like you said. But exactly. at Truist, pretty sure it was below, like right below the, like the, what was it, the Jumbotron? Yeah, the, the Jumbotron screen, over there. Near the waterfall, too, that they right. had that there. So That is true. Yeah, big thing is uh, I remember even a hashtag that I couldn't find it. It's been completely wiped out from the internet. I think it was called like Chop On or something like that, and I can't find it anywhere now. It's been completely removed from the internet. I tried so hard uh, researching for these hashtags, but I remember it even going to the park and even seeing it on TV. uh, There was a big hashtag promotion called Chop On, and it was encouraging Atlanta Braves fans, you know, to use the tomahawk chop. And now it's kind of like if. It's like if you don't know the Braves culture and you don't know what the tomahawk chop is, they're not going to introduce it to you or kind of force it on you. You either know it or you don't type of thing. Yeah, it's almost like you're grandfathered in with it. Exactly. Because, I mean, you and I have both been Braves fans for as long as we can remember. Right. So you also have – you were introduced to that as a child. Exactly. I mean – I didn't think much about it. Right. Uh, I didn't know that it delved into – you know, the Cherokee culture or anything like that. Right. I just thought it was a staple for the Atlanta Braves. It was kind of like their thing. Kind of like how, like, you associate other, you know, big brands or, like, big phrases. Like, the Sixers have their um, brand that says uh, – I can't remember the top of my head. I'm, I'm losing it, but it's going to come back to me here in a second. Somewhere along the lines of – like never give up or something like that, but I, I, I know, I know it. If I see it, I'm gonna know it. It's to Lee. Um, well, you also have to consider um, the Kansas City Chiefs also do the chop, but and then the roots of it, Florida State University, right? right? Seminoles, like they have so much backing from the Seminole tribe that exists in and around Tallahassee, so. There's there's never going to be any controversy brought up about the Seminole tribe and their involvement with the university. But then when it comes to the Braves and the Chiefs, they're going to receive that backlash, especially nowadays with this cancel culture going on. Yeah. I mean, j- just a personal experience. I'm a Braves fan. I've right. played MLB The Show. Oh, yeah. You know, so I had Nakahoma as my as my like team logo. Yeah. And then somebody messaged me, and they were like, that's offensive, and so on and so forth. So, and that was, what was that? That was during COVID, so 2020. Yeah, around COVID, during 20, uh, later after 2019, was a lot of the cancel culture happened. And, you know, you either look at two sides of the spectrum. You can either get easily offended, or you could just be like, no, it's it's not meaning to, you know, harm anybody. And a lot of people have had a, 
you know, change their ways, especially the in the NFL, the as they were known as the Washington Redskins. Right. They're now known as the Washington Football Club. The Commanders now. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. They're they changed way way back now. But uh, going back to that, what I said about the 76ers, I found it. It was called trust the process. It's right. kind of like a staple thing. Like those phrases and even the Braves tomahawk chalk, those are essential to the organization. It's like when you first think of the Atlanta Braves, you think of the tomahawk chalk. Right. When you first think of the 76ers, you think of their slogan, trust the process. Um, it goes on for many, many organizations. And it's just difficult moving forward. We don't know. Um, it's kind of in the loop of if they're trying to, you know, take away the tomahawk chop in the future or if they're going to keep it continuing just because it has such an illustrious history. And it was before all this controversy that went on, which in which every sport. And like you said, I mean, your grandfather has been around and a Braves fan, I think you said, since the 1960s. So yeah. it's it's something that, you know, it's going to take some time for – to investigate it and be like, hey, can we still do it? I mean, obviously, the Atlanta Braves have taken steps to kind of shy away from it a little bit, so it's not having too, too big publicity and controversy. They've done a great job. They, you know, like I said, they stopped selling or not selling, but stopped handing out free tomahawks during the, you know, postseason. So you don't see the the sea of tomahawks anymore when you turn on the postseason. You kind of see the sea of hands and people doing right. the motion of it. But you'll never ever ever i think for as long as the braves uh have this tomahawk chop going on you'll always hear that chant throughout the stadium i remember driving up last year to the world series i believe it was uh game four it was the game where yeah it was the game game four was where the game where dansby swanson and jorge soler had the backpack home runs uh and then i also drove up to game five and driving up to game five, I actually missed first pitch. And I heard the grand slam that Adam Duvall hit. Mm-hmm. And you just hear the sea of the Tomahawk chant, like, yeah, from the parking loud. lot, from the parking lot. So it was not shied away at all during this postseason. And I hope people have come to accept it, that that's just how the Braves organization is. And moving forward, it won't be a big controversial thing. I think it's more more so of, like, Anyone but Braves fans take offense to it. Yeah. Even, like, I understand the Native American roots behind it and those people who find that offensive. But then again, those people have already made the strive to discuss that with the Braves organization. But then the people on the outside who aren't around Braves baseball have not experienced Braves baseball. Exactly. Those are the ones that make the issue more prevalent, I I guess. And I've... I've talked with some fan Cherokee natives and and they they don't find it offensive at all and I've I haven't heard anybody come to me forward and be like hey don't have that tomahawk around I have a, actually I have a tomahawk in my room and I've never heard anybody say twice about it I mean I will respect the culture obviously if someone says something and addresses it to me I will respect them because that's not in my nature to offend somebody but. It's just like I say, it's been embedded in us for the longest time, and we don't see it as an offensive thing. We see it more of as a chant and a cheering aspect to support the Atlanta Braves. So a question here I want to ask you today is, how do you interact with the Braves on social media, Chad? Do you use Twitter a lot? Do you use ESPN through news and stuff? How do you get your information from the Atlanta Braves? 
Uh, I follow the Braves and a lot of the Braves players on Instagram. I think it's cool to keep up with them and see like how they react to like how the Braves are doing, how themselves are doing. I think it's interesting to see their side of things. But then I also follow, I guess, like Braves updates from like these like third party accounts and stuff. Um, Braves today. I I a, follow that one too on, Inst- one. on Instagram. They uh they have they have third party fans that actually send them content that they mm-hmm. show because you know they're sometimes not able to go to Truist Park themselves. So fans send them you know content of them going to the stadium and then they share it on Braves today. It's great and they show a lot a lot of news on there. They covered the whole Freddie Freeman uh dilemma that went on and us getting Matt Olson during that Oakland Athletics trade. Right. And Twitter. I'm big Twitter guy. I love scrolling through Twitter. I scroll through Twitter more than I scroll, t- scroll through Instagram. Uh, follow the Braves on Twitter. A lot of Braves beat writers. So people who like David O'Brien for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Those are like three of the main sources that I right. look for for like Braves news or just any news regarding like the National League East. Right. And then I watch every every regular season game. Like, I'm that much of a fan. People say that regular season baseball doesn't matter. It does. All 162 games matter. And yeah. they actually play tonight, play the Padres tonight. So I'll be watching that, keeping up with that, keeping up with Braves today, keeping up with the Braves Twitter, Instagram, all the above. Yeah, as of late in these last coming seasons, we've not been really good opening off. We're more of a mid-season team, it seems to be, right after the All-Star break is when we make our runs. Absolutely. I mean, even last year – a lot of people counted us out. We weren't even above 500 had entering All-Star break. We lost Ronald Acuna to the ACL tear there in Miami. Um, it was unfortunate, and we just – we somehow, you know, made a run. And I've noticed these last couple years, and every team that goes to the postseason, you want to go hot going into the postseason. Right. You you could have the worst season ever, but if you get in and you somehow get in, uh, I mean, I even remember – I'm going to say something really bad here, but – in 2011, man, when we, we just missed out on that wild card spot, those Cardinals, they swooped in. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the other side, the Rays. They did dirty to the Red Sox. They, I think both teams were like nine and a half games back heading into August, which is insane because it's like a month or two months left to baseball to play. And you just see that you have to have, you just have to catch a spark and get hot, and you can carry yourself far into the postseason. It doesn't matter what your record is. It just matters how you perform that day as the the season itself, a lot of people have said, resets when the postseason starts. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of teams have that mindset of their zero and zero going into the postseason. It's a whole new season. One thing that I really enjoyed about the Braves' run last season was the trade deadline acquisitions. Oh, yeah, definitely. The acquisitions from My Jock gosh. Peterson, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, who's not even – he was injured and then later on brought onto the roster – uh, yeah. The later part of the season and the postseason. Yeah, because he, what, two weeks after he comes back from injury, he hits for the cycle yes. in San Francisco. Crazy. Like, And then Soler, who's not a member of the Braves anymore. Yeah. The biggest, quite possibly the biggest home run in Braves history. Oh, yeah, definitely. In the it was World a Series. Moonshot. And not to mention two great big home runs. He had the game four home run, you know, to take the lead. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing. Just I all respect to Alex Anthopoulos. I genuinely respect him he's up there with the likes of great uh general managers and office leaders like right. the red sox had with the epstein and the cubs as well like i look and billy bean just mm-hmm. those two 
just stick out to me and he's on that list now for me i'd agree well that is it for the eighth episode of media hut thank you for joining me chad appreciate you join me every tuesday at 6 p.m and a new guest speaker as we break down another team and their social media hashtag campaigns hope you enjoyed the show and you'll hear from me real soon hut out thank you for listening to another episode of media hut hope you tune in next tuesday at 6 p.m here on media hut simple sports campaigns for another rendition of great hashtag campaigns surrounding the world of sports with your host Christian Castro.